we've been in this series called Me Versus Me. Um, this concept of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. We talked about uh, uh, that there are two uh, modes of operation here in this world. There is uh, the mode of operation of the flesh, uh, of this world and what the way that the world deems that we should live and how we should respond, how we should speak, how we should react. And then there is walking in the spirit. And it is the guidelines under which the Lord tells us how we should live, how we should love, how we should respond to one another. And every day there is a battle. The Bible says that our members are waging war with one another, the flesh versus the spirit, each one constantly fighting every day for dominion. We talked about how God has uh, uh, placed in his word and how we are commanded to be those who walk in the spirit. We're called to walk in the spirit. Last week, we talked about the importance of, of, of why it is that we should walk in the spirit and what that means. What are the benefits of walking in the spirit? And so this week, uh, I want to close this series out. I want to begin in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. So Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the whole chapter talks about faith. And it talks about, you know, by faith, uh, Abel offered to God a, a, a more acceptable sacrifice. Uh, uh, by faith, Noah being warned of God concerning events uh, uh, unseen, um, constructed the ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And it goes through the whole chapter 11 talking about this, this, uh, this hall of, of great people of faith. And then verse 12, he says, therefore, and this is a little, little Bible study hint. Whenever you see the word therefore, uh, look behind to see what it's there for, okay? Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, since we are surrounded, and by faith they have testified to the truth of God's faithfulness, stripping off un every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. The decision to walk by the Spirit boils down to a decision to be all in. You have to make a decision whether or not you want to be all in. This is a decision to die to self. Walking in the spirit requires death of the flesh. It's not comfortable. It's not convenient. 
It is dying to our comfort zone to submit to the vision that God has for our life. It don't feel good. And at some point, we have to make a decision and decide where we will stand. We have to commit to one way or the other. I believe that we want to see God move. I believe that we want to see breakthrough in our lives, in our marriages, in our finances. But if we aren't willing to wholeheartedly commit our lives to him, then we can't expect to see these things. We can't expect it. Yeah, we might have uh, believed on Jesus and we might have said a prayer, but this idea that God can be Lord of some of our lives just isn't true. Either he will be Lord of your life or he won't be. It's all or nothing. We can't expect to see the results of people who have committed their life to Jesus if we haven't. We see other people and we see what they're receiving and what the blessings that are happening and and the things that are happening in their life, but then we don't want to commit our lives to him. Where are our priorities? Where's our heart? Is it in the things of the flesh or is it in things of the spirit? In every area of your life, Where is your priority? Where is your heart? Is it in the things of the flesh or is it in the things of the spirit? Matthew, uh, I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth where moss and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Why, Jesus? Why should we be more concerned about storing our riches in heaven than here on earth? He says, because where your treasure is, there your heart Your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be on also. Wherever that, wherever your treasure is, wherever your desires are, that is where your heart will be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear or spiritually perceptive, then your whole body will be full of light. Benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad or spiritually blind, then your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Here we go right here. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. What's money? Uh, 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 What's mammon? You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and possessions. You cannot serve God and fame. You cannot serve God and status. You cannot serve God or anything that you have valued more than the Lord. 
anything that you have valued more than the Lord. The Lord. He said, no one can serve two masters. See, uh, this idea of walking in the Spirit isn't just a, like a fancy word for behavior modification. That's not what this is. It's not just changing your behavior. This is a heart change that has to happen. This is a heart thing. And until the heart changes, your actions will only be temporary. Oh, but I don't do this no more. I don't do that no more. But if your heart hasn't changed, eventually you will go back because you're just changing behavior. Walking in the Spirit requires a heart change. And the heart question or the hard question or the heart question is are we willing to strip off, to let go every unnecessary weight and sin? Every. Just like a, 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 a race, uh, um, Dad always talks about how he used to run track uh, when he was younger. Uh, uh, runners in a race, when you get ready to run, you wear the lightest clothes that you can. You don't got your wallet on you and your keys on you and your cell phone on you. You wear the lightest clothes so that when you're running, nothing can hold you back. This is what Jesus is requiring of us. The Bible calls it weight because it is a hindrance to us. It is a hindrance to us running the race. It is a hindrance to our life as a believer. It is a hindrance to us walking in the Spirit. And it is a hindrance to us not just, not just running the race, but running it with endurance or longevity. And we'll see uh, people that we come in contact with, and you'll see them, and they believe God, and one minute they're up, and the next minute they're down. And one minute they're full of faith, and they're running from God, and the next minute they don't know if God exists. He says, strip it off, because it is a hindrance to you running the race with endurance. And then here's the other thing, he says, with endurance, and he says, active persistence, or consistency. Same thing, we'll encounter somebody and, and, and you see them in one minute, they're shouting, and the next minute, they're cussing you out. Uh, 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 consistency. He's saying sin, this sin is hindering you from walking in the Spirit, from living this life with longevity and consistency. Sin's ultimate goal for believers isn't hell, okay? We've accepted Jesus. So sin's ultimate goal for believers isn't hell. Sin's ultimate goal for believers is to get us to not walk in purpose. See, you've accepted Jesus. There's nothing else that the devil can do. That's a done deal. So hell isn't the goal here. He doesn't care. You're dying and you're going to heaven. He just wants to make sure that you don't walk in the purpose and the calling for your life and that you don't take nobody else with you. That is sin's purpose. He wants to make sure that you don't walk in that purpose that could ultimately lead other people to Jesus. That's what sin is. 
But when you make this decision to to die to the flesh, when you make the decision to let go of that sin and let go of that weight, you are unhindered. There's nothing holding you down. There's, There's no fear that you have to walk in. There's no guilt that you're walking in when people see you or when you start talking about Jesus because you've become free. There's no condemnation. Romans 8, chapter 1, we know this scripture, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilt, no wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. Wait a minute. For those who live and walk, not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. He's saying when you walk and there's nothing holding you down. There's nothing holding. There's no sin that you worried about somebody finding out or you worried about uh, uh, exposed. No, he says, he says, no, 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 no. He says, there's no condemnation. You're able to run this race. You're able to walk out this life in the spirit and you're able to walk out the will of God. And when you do that, when you make that decision, when you walk that thing out, it not only affects you, but it affects everybody that you'll come in contact with. It's not just about you. You think that, 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 that this thing that you're dealing with is just about you. No, it's not just about you. The enemy doesn't want you free because he doesn't want everybody else to see you free and them to be affected by your freedom, and then they get free, and then other people get free. That's what this is. So he's saying, let it go. Strip it off. Paul is talking here in Romans. He talks more about it in, in, in um, Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Here we go. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm pressing on. He didn't say, I, I, I glide through or I'm walking in a field of lilies or I'm walking on some cloud. He said, I'm pressing. I'm pressing on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call. He says, brothers and sisters, he said, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know, I don't consider that I have made it on my own. Yeah, he said, I ain't there yet. I ain't got all the way there. He says, but one thing I do, here's the one thing I do. The one thing that I do, he says, I, 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 oh, I lost my space. I'm sorry. Uh, there we go. I do not consider that I've made it my own, but what do I do? He says, I forget what lies behind. He says, I forget what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. I forget about what's behind me, and I reach forward to what lies ahead. He says, not that I have already obtained it. He says, not that I've, I have this gold of being Christ-like already. He says, I'm not all the way there, or, or have I been made perfect like some of them other Christians that y'all probably talked to and that you ran into. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. He said, but I actively press on so that I may take a hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me and made me his own. He says, I'm actively pressing on. Paul tells the Philippians, he says, I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm forget- he's forgetting the old him. 
and how he used to move and how he used to talk and what he used to do. And he says, I'm reaching forward in who he is in Christ and the goal that is in front of him. We cannot live this lie of walking in our new life with Jesus, but still embracing the tendencies of the flesh. Walking in this new life with Jesus and, and saying, oh, no, I'm new, I've been resurrected, but every now and then you're going to pull up the old you. He said, you know, I'm saved, but don't push me. I'm saved, but, you know, I still might cuss you out. Like, what? We can't glorify the life that we're supposed to have died to. That's supposed to be dead. He says, let that go. Either we make a decision to walk in the spirit or we just walk in the flesh, but we can't do both. We can't do both. You can't serve two masters. You will either love one or you will hate the other. For some of us, our Christianity looks schizophrenic because we're trying to we over here and we over here. We're going back and forth. And he's saying, let that go. He says, that's death. Let it go. Strip it off. And, and focus on the goal that is in front of you. This is critical. This is critical. Why? Because when we encounter people, right, when we hear stories about encounters that people have had with people who have called themselves Christians, the majority, if not all, of the encounters are a result of someone who walked in the flesh when the encounter demanded them to walk in the Spirit. When you think about the stories that you hear, when you think about the people that you may try to speak to about, about the Lord, about the Bible, about Christianity, about faith, about church, and they bring up a story, or they bring up an occurrence that they've had, it's almost always someone who decided to walk in the flesh when the encounter demanded them to walk in the Spirit. This is why this idea of being all in, this, this idea of stripping off the weight and the sin, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's not just another thing that the Bible just uh, asks us to do. People's salvation can be impacted by our decision to walk in the Spirit. This matters. This, this thing about walking in the Spirit, this matters for eternity. Not just our eternity, but for other people's eternity as well. Think about it, those, those stories that you hear, those, those encounters that you've heard about and that you've had, and people say, no, I don't want to go to church because this. And I remember talking to my sister-in-law, asking her about somebody, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, what about this person? And I'm, we're having a conversation. She's like, yeah, um, they, they just, they don't even believe in God. I'm like, how? Because they're a wonderful person, and, and, and they, they seem like to be so loving and so giving. And, 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 and they say, yeah, yeah, well, you know, they used to go to church. Oh, I hate hearing that. They used to go to church. They used to serve in church. They used to believe. But they had an encounter. And now they don't. Because someone chose to walk in the flesh when the encounter demanded them to walk in the spirit. 
Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Romans 13, verse 11, this is in the Amplified. He says, do this, knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed in Christ. The night This present evil age is almost gone, and the day of Christ's return is almost here. So let us fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly and honorably as in the light of day, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and irresponsibility, not in quarreling and jealousy, but clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for nor even think about gratifying the flesh in regard to its improper desires. Paul is telling the Romans the same thing that he's telling us today, that we must live knowing that the time of Jesus' return is closer now than when we first believed. So we must fling away the works of darkness. We must clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. Make no provisions for the flesh. He's saying the time for playing Christianity is over. The time for being a play-play Christian is over. The time for spiritual complacency is over. The time for being halfway in and halfway out is over. We are to live a life that glorifies God. Every area of our life. The thing that in the back, in the corner, and that nobody knows about, no. He says every area of our life should glorify God. And he says don't give the flesh, don't give sin even a toehold to operate in your life. Don't crack the door. Don't, don't leave it open. Close it, shut it, padlock it, and put a code on it. He says don't give them room to operate in your life. We read last week Galatians 5, my wife uh, read Galatians 5, 24, and I saw that, and I saw verse 25, and I wanted to, to read that. Galatians 5, verse 25 says, if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is how we live our lives as believers. Everything we do, the decisions that we make, how we respond, how we speak to others, how we love one another, how we move is all directed, it is all empowered, it should be all controlled by the Spirit. It is the very thing that sets us apart from this world. It is the very thing that sets us apart from this world. It is a daily commitment 
It is a daily decision and determination to walk in the Spirit. It is not easy. I'm not saying you just wake up one day and you're on clouds. No, but it is a daily decision. Every single day when you wake up, I'm determined to walk in the Spirit. I'm actively making the decision to walk in the Spirit. I'm choosing to walk in the Spirit. Get this. Even though the circumstances suggest that I should walk in the flesh. Even though the circumstances suggest that I should walk in the flesh. This is how we should live our lives. This me versus me, this, the flesh versus the spirit, it is a fight. But we have the victory. We've already been promised the victory. And those who walk in the spirit reap the results of the spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23, if you weren't here uh, 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 in, in uh, part one or part two, this is a scripture that we read. We talked about what are the results? What does it look like? Why does it benefit me to walk in the Spirit? This is, this is what Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23 says. And Isaac, you can come. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. That word fruit, when you look it up in the Greek, it means harvest. So the harvest produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. What does that mean? Uh, uh, The fruit of the Spirit living within you is joy that overflows. It's peace that subdues. It's patience that endures. It's kindness in action. It is a life of virtue. It is faith that prevails. It is gentleness of heart. It is strength of the Spirit. He said, these are the results of people who walk in the Spirit. I don't know about y'all, but joy Uh, that overflows, peace, that subdues, patience, that endures, kindness in action, and a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit are all things that I could use in my life at any given moment. He says these are the results. He says this is the benefit of you walking in the spirit. And I I love this part here. He said, never set the law above these qualities. Never set the law above these qualities. Why? Because they are meant to be what? Oh, y'all can read. They are meant to be what? He said, they are meant to be limitless. He says, there's no, I know I didn't put it in, but it's in there. He says there's no, there's no limit to the amount of peace. He says there's no, no limit to the amount of joy. He says it's going to be so much that it's going to overflow. He says there's no limit to the patience that you will have that will be able to endure in moments when they're trying your patience. He says the patience that will endure, there's no limit to it. He says there's no limit to the faith that will prevail. There's no limit to the strength 
of spirit and the gentleness of heart. This is the life that we are purposed to live as believers who walk in the spirit. This is the life that God has set for us to live. This is the lifestyle that will change our homes. This is the lifestyle that will change our marriages. This is the lifestyle that will change our communities. This is the lifestyle that will change this city. This is the life. But it starts with us stripping it off. Those things that have held you, those, those things that have, have caused you to, 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 to not run this race with endurance. He says, just strip it off. And this will allow us to run the race set before us with active persistence and endurance. I want to close reading 1 Corinthians 3.11 again, but I want to read it in the message version. I, I don't usually read the message version, but as I was scrolling through, I saw this, and, and this really encompassed how, how I feel and, uh, as I was preparing on, on what to preach. And, and this, this was really the encompassment of my emotion and what I felt the Lord was saying to me. This is why it is important. This is what he is saying. First, uh, Romans chapter 13, uh, verse 11 through 14 in the message version. He says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all of your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and in indulgence in sleeping around and dissipation in bickering and trying to grab everything in sight. He says, get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter, don't linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and be about. He says, stop wasting your time in sin and this ignorant stuff that the enemy is trying to throw at you. Busying up your schedule. You worried about all this stuff that's going on in the world. He says, forget that. Eternity is what's on the line. That's why this is important, because eternity is on the line. If we want to see God do mighty things in and through our lives to impact our homes, our communities, and the city of Woodland, then we must be people who walk in the Spirit. We must be people who are aware that the days are getting shorter and the time for playing Christian is over. It is time for spirit-walking and spirit-filled believers to take their stand for the glory of God. It is time. We have to be people who walk by the Spirit. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. You can keep chasing the world. You can keep chasing the flesh. 
but it's going to bring you death every single time. Walk in, walk by the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.